0: It's the Bob and
1: Sherry Show.
0: If you play it long enough, it can get to be a
2: habit.
1: With Bob. A moment ago, you said I was crazy. And Sherry. I thought you'd say that. And now,
2: broadcasting from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios,
1: it's Bob and
2: Sherry.
3: Hey, we want to help a family in need fill the fridge. And you can help us do that by going to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I dot com. Let us know about a family in your community or maybe in your family that could use a little bit of help getting some groceries in. Everything's so expensive. And it's that time of the year when you're slammed by bills from the holidays. Our friends at HelloFresh kicked in a $112 gift certificate. We're throwing in a $100 Visa gift card on top of that. That'll take a bite out of the grocery bill. So once again, we're going to keep everything private, no names, um, because people, you know, it's nobody's business. If you need a little bit of help fill in the fridge, enter right now at B O B A N D. S-H-E-R-I dot com. I was going to start the show today by telling you guys something just super cool that I learned. But as Mm -hmm. the show was getting ready to begin, my husband texted me from the Mm -hmm. driveway and he said to me, Woman, do you have some tennis balls stashed anywhere around this house? (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious because um, the people who live in this house besides Kevin are me and Olivia and Karamia and four cats and a dog and... None of us have ever been accused of being particularly athletic. So, no, I don't have any tennis balls. So I I replied back, I sure can't think of any. What's up? And he said, I'm going to put them on the bottom of the chairs so it doesn't sound like an earthquake down there where I'm working every time I drag a chair. So I said, I bet we could find something that will be just as effective and ever so slightly more um, harmonious with our decor. And Kevin goes...
2: Yeah, because you'd be having the walker look if uh, you went with what he suggests. I've never heard of anybody doing that with chairs.
3: This is the problem with being married to a practical um, mountain man who doesn't care what anything looks like. If I don't, I may have to. You may have to do the rest of the show alone because I may have to immediately shut everything down and drive to Lowe's or Home Depot. Because if I don't, when I... When I finish up for today and go back upstairs, there's going to be bright yellow tennis balls on the feet of every chair in my
2: home. Well, you know, I'm surprised. He knows his way around a hardware store. You can go to a local hardware store and find those little pads. They, they don't last forever, but they last a long time. Put them on the bottom of the uh, legs of the chair and you're all set.
3: Well, sure. But what fun would that be for him? Because <laughs> what is marriage but an endless death grip on each other where you're locked in this eternal stalemate of trying to drive each other insane while pretending that that's not what you're doing (laughs) to put things on the bottom of the chairs that belong on the bottom of the chairs. What fun is that for him? And when I come upstairs later and there's tennis balls on the feet of all of our chairs and I say to him, "Um, I'm not sure I love the way this looks. He will give me his usual you know, it's, uh, you don't need to be keeping Amazon in business, spending money on a bunch of stupid stuff when these tennis balls are working just fine. And but I'm you're right, though. I've never I've that. never
2: once seen your cats out on the courts. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why he, he was asking if there are any tennis balls in the house. I think he wants tennis balls because every time you come up, you'll see them and realize how he is working to uh, help you uh, with your so-called job.
3: This is the problem. This is what hey for all of our um, for all of our lovebirds that are hoping for a Valentine's Day proposal in the next couple of weeks. This is what marriage is: the two of us sitting around like cartoon villains, going, "Oh, I've got it. This will make him insane, but he won't be able to fight <laughs> me on it because it's for his own good." Let me tell you what happened the other night. So, um, I came home from my book club. one of the women, I think I mentioned this, one of the women in my book club works for a company that sells many, many products, including adult novelties. She's Mm -hmm. their HR person. So um, at book club back around Halloween. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. She's an HR person for a company that makes adult novelties?
3: Among other things. No, no. Among many, Uh many, many other things. And I cannot, I cannot say anything because then people would know who she was and I don't want to get her in trouble. So, but she's... Highly placed corporate executive for a company that everybody knows, a store everybody's walked past or been into at least once, and one of the products they sell are adult novelties. So um, at the end of our Halloween uh, book club, she said, I've got a surprise for everybody, and she handed out plastic, tied up closed plastic bags and said, okay, open them. And in each plastic bag was an adult novelty. And the one that I brought home Mm
0: -hmm. was –
3: Let me just say, it was enormous and was very, it did everything. It had like seven different settings. It lit up, it flashed. I think you could use it as an immersion blender to make soup. I mean, this thing was a beast. Okay.
2: It sounds like one of those things that people on Tarmax help an airplane come in. Oh, it
3: was about that size. Yeah. Yeah. So the night, that night, I come home from book club and I say, Kevin. So-and-so brought door prizes. He was very excited to see Blackjack come out of the bag. So I go to book club the other night, and he's all, I come home, and he's, he's got a glass of wine, and he's like,
1: <laughs>
3: how was book club? I said, it was super fun, as always. And he goes, did you, did you bring home a door prize? And I said, I did. And I whipped out a bag of lobster mac and cheese flavored Friskies cat treats.
2: <laughs> I take it he was not quite as enamored with that as Black. He was cat. not
3: as excited, but the, the cats were swarming me like I was yeah. the prom queen in a Stephen King movie. Right, so right. there you go. Um I can't even Kevin, remember I had something it's else I was book gonna club. tell you guys. Yeah, it's book club cat. But now, now I have to hurry up and break so that I can run upstairs and prevent him from putting tennis
1: balls on the bottom of all my chairs. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app.
3: So I was about to tell you guys this really cool thing that I learned, and then I got completely sidetracked by Kevin threatening to put tennis balls, my husband, putting tennis balls on the feet of every chair in our house so that they don't make noise. Ah! Um, so... Last night before I went to bed, I was scrolling through crap on my phone and I learned that you can hear a blue whale's heartbeat more than two miles away. Whoa. That's, that's how big a blue whale is. The wait, wait, wait. Here this was the thing, like you know they're big, but the heart right. of a blue whale weighs four hundred pounds.
2: Damn I want you to, is, want is, you to sit is with that, that for a minute. Is that uh, picked up by you know scientific sort of measuring implements? No, you or can is that hear a, it. You could hear it if you were like a skin diver or something like that.
3: I mean, if you were in the, you'd have to be in the water to hear. it. In the it. water, of and, course. Yeah. And of course, you know, of course, they can pick it up with instruments. The yeah. blue whale, the blue whale is such a spectacular creature. And, and just to give you like a visual, the heart weighs four hundred pounds. It's the size of a piano. Not a grand piano, you know, not like some big concert piano, but a blue whale's heart is as big as a piano. Of course you can hear it beating. So I immediately went looking for the sound of a blue whale's heartbeat, and I came across this, and it's so eerie. This is the sound of a blue whale and her calf, who's tucked up next to her body, tucked under a fin. This is the sound of the blue whale breathing.
4: (laughs) For years when I was
3: that would scare the bejeebers out of you. And it Mary makes you Mary says that's think what
2: I sound like at night if I don't have my mouth guard in
3: when you snore. Yeah. I want you to think about the olden days, ancient times, sailors on wooden ships, hearing sounds like this. No That'd wonder they made up stories about Krakens yeah. and mermaids and sirens. I mean, this is terrifying.
2: Yeah, that's right. That is amazing. Uh, have you ever seen a whale in person?
3: No, I never. I've have. only
2: seen. I've only seen one. Uh, Jeff and I, my friend Jeff and I, my uh, silver best friend, were driving the uh, Pacific Coast Highway, California, of course, and I uh, came out of a convenience store with a Coke or something, and I looked out. Uh, at the water. I mean, the Pacific Coast Highways, if you haven't driven it, it's just magnificent. I looked out on the uh, water and there was a whale breaching. And I, I mean my jaw dropped because I have never seen one before. this i'm I'm hoping to do this. This summer, Mary and I are thinking of going on a vacation driving the Oregon coast because you know obviously I've been in Eugene. we've ha- we've had a, uh, oh, we have that would a couple be beautiful. of wonderful yeah, a couple, a couple a couple of wonderful stations like Clammy uh, in, in, uh, Oregon, the Carrie, the Bob and Cherry show, but I've never been on the coast. I've only been, uh, close to the coast. And I think that's what we're going to do in July or August. And you can go on whale watching trips. And I think that's, that's what I want to do. I want, I want to go out with a captain and and see them.
3: My late stepfather loved the coast of Oregon. And every year he and my mom would go and camp and drive and,
2: Oh, is that right? I'm going to have to call her up and ask her for ideas. Yeah,
3: she would love that. She when I saw Mm -hmm. her last time, she said to me, "I haven't heard from Bob in a while," and I was like, "Well, give it. I'm sure give it time. We'll give you another call." Um, But they used to love it, and Ted said there was no place in the whole world like the coast of Oregon. So you, Sherry's Sherry's referring
2: to a call I made. I didn't know I was dialing Sherry's uh, mother. I thought I was dialing. I forget somebody who would work with the show or something, a producer that uh, worked with the show on the West Coast. And I'm talking away and I'm saying, yeah, well, you know, it's, I guess it's going, it's going pretty good here. Is it going good for you? Well, yeah, Bob, it's going pretty good for me. And about five minutes into the conversation, she said, Bob, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> and I went, uh, is it, you know, Kimberly? No, this is Sherry's mom. She, My she bad. can
3: hook you up with Oregon. That's yeah, all you need to do, do, do is pick that phone up. She'd yeah. love it. We got Morons in the News next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze
1: Car. Check check, check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you moron. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Okay, let's start out
2: with a little irony, shall we? I am looking at a car that is totaled. It's an SUV and it is totaled. It crashed into a light pole that had the sign that said, slow down. So let's find out about what went on here. A New Hampshire man is facing multiple charges, including indecent exposure, after he allegedly ran from a car accident in Playstow, New Hampshire. Officials with the police department said it was 9 o'clock in the morning when they were called to an accident involving three vehicles at an intersection of Main Street. Arriving officers found multiple vehicles heavily damaged at the scene and were informed by witnesses that the driver of the Jeep Compass allegedly caused the crash. Learning that the driver apparently ran ran down Main Street after the crash, police searched and located the individual they identified as Timothy O'Rourke of Danville. According to the department, Mr. O'Rourke had, quote, been running behind Main Street homes, wearing absolutely no clothing, coated in his own blood. He was later charged with a DUI, resisting arrest, and two counts of indecent exposure, and also conduct after an accident. I'm just saying, here's the thing. It's not like I'm a teetotaler, but if you're drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning and you're crashing into cars... And polls that say slow down and you're running behind houses naked in New Hampshire, in the middle of winter, you might want to say, I need a new path. Sherry?
3: Wow. Let's go to today's Moron of the Day. A couple of best friends went on a trip to celebrate one of their birthdays. And then when it was time to board their flight to go home, they got to the airport late. And the airport uh, gate agents... Miami International Airport would not allow them to board their flight because the jetway doors were already closed and they were 45 minutes late, which is very late. This isn't like five minutes late or 10 minutes late. No, that's true. So the two besties began arguing with the gate agent and one of them threw a plastic sign holder at the airline employee and that caused a cut to the employee's face. A police officer allegedly witnessed the entire thing and tried to take the woman who threw the sign into custody, but like a true best friend, ride or die, inserted herself between the cop and her friend and said, oh, no, you didn't. You are not taking my friend to jail. And so instead, they both got arrested, and they spent the night at the Turner Guildford Night Correctional Center, celebrating their birthday behind bars as God (laughs) intended. A spokesperson for (laughs) Frontier, Frontier Airlines said, These two customers became aggressive, and one of them physically assaulted a team member who subsequently required medical attention. We are banning them permanently from flying with us in the future. Now, everything they did was wrong, but if your best friend is not prepared to spend your birthday night in jail with you, is that really a bestie?
2: I agree with you. Is that really a bestie? No, it's not. But we do have to realize that a plane is not a bus. And when they say the doors are closed, I mean, they make announcements. Once the doors are closed, you can't get on the plane. It's a plane. That's the law. So you 40- just can't talk them into opening up a, a plane door once it's closed.
3: For, 45 minutes is a very big amount yeah. of time to be late. Yeah. Right. I could see getting, no. there's no excuse to physically assault, assault anyone, but I could see getting a little bit worked up. If you're five minutes late, you're still not right. getting on the plane. But girl, you're almost an hour late. I'm surprised the plane is still even sitting there.
2: Yeah, exactly. The two
3: of you, you know what? The two of you spent the night in jail, and that best friend, that's someone who's got your back, sis. That is Morons Mm -hmm. in the News. We're going to post her up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. Coming up, we have comedian Stephen Rogers. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole with a very unusual eulogy. And... If you've been eating dark chocolate because you're told you had to, it's antioxidants, blah, 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 blah. The shocking dark side of dark chocolate. It's all coming up. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: I would like to share with you right now my favorite memes of the week so far, starting off with this one remove your birthday from social media, and no one will wish you happy birthday except your mom. I think it's true. It's I probably think it's true. true. How do you how do you feel about it when, you know, it's your birthday and maybe Max or, or probably not me. I'm terrible with birthdays, but it's your birthday and Max says, "Happy birthday, Sherry." And then all of a sudden you're getting like 20 happy birthday wishes from people you have no idea who they are. Now in our case, I can see it because, you know, we're on radio stations all over. But um, I, I wonder if, I if, you're, love it. if you're if you're not a, a radio personality or something, <laughs> getting wished happy birthday from someone you have absolutely no idea who they are.
3: I love it. I the world is a hard, disgusting, vile sewer of evil and poor intentions, and so for someone to say happy birthday to me is a bright spot. I love it.
2: Okay, all right. Very and good. I don't understand.
3: I don't understand why someone wouldn't. But you do, you boo, right? I mean. Maybe other people hate that. I'm not
2: against it. It's just, it's, it, it's strange. You know, somebody that I don't know. Uh, this next one is a cartoon. There are two people. One of them is a very wise Maharishi. Uh, how do I know he's a Maharishi? Well, he has a white turban sort of thing on his head, and he's got a white beard. So he's a very uh, learned man. And a man comes up to him, and he says, Maharishi, what is the meaning of life? And the Maharishi says, I don't know. The computers are down. I think that uh, (laughs) kind of is where we are uh, today. My uh, next one, I I really like this. Real friends talk crap to your face and say nice things behind your back.
3: I agree with that, yeah.
2: I totally agree with that. I wonder if women will talk real to their friend's face more than men will i think maybe yes because i just i you know i've been with mary now for 12 years and she's got two or three good friends but one of them she will lynette lynette will tell her exactly the way it is and mary will tell lynette exactly the way it is and i don't know that i've got a guy friend where i've gone up and i've said you know i think you're becoming just grumpy to your wife like every day you may want to pull back on that and you know take her out and be cheerful when she comes home from work. I don't do that. I just wonder if if, if women are more wired to do that. What do you think?
3: I just think female friendships are incredibly powerful things. Um, And I think that men, maybe you might have one friend in your life that would be real with you. But men tend to keep things a little more
2: like, how about them they eagles? Do. Kind
3: of superficial.
2: You know, it's so but true. You know what? It's so true. You don't have
3: to worry because I begin and end every day telling you what's what.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you're that's welcome. very true. I'm you so are blessed. Welcome. And then I leave the <laughs> mic, and I, I got the other one. You know.
3: It's in stereo yeah.
2: for you. In that's it, why it you're, is. you You yeah.
3: know what? That's why you're awesome. Because you have a woman That's on either side awesome. of you, just polishing oh, right? you up all the time. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I I need to th- send you thank you notes. I guess
3: yeah. I'd appreciate that. Would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: I do. In all seriousness, I do think women do that much more uh, easily than men do, and I think it keeps them healthier. I think if guys, you know, would be that honest with their close friends, they'd be better off. It's Bob and Sherry.
0: Here is comedian Stephen Rogers.
4: My, uh, my dad got hacked on Facebook uh, this summer, and uh, that was a matter of time. <laughs> my parents are really bad with technology. Like, my dad, whenever we FaceTime, he holds his iPad at an angle where the camera keeps correcting itself the entire conversation. It looks like he called me while he's rolling down a hill. <laughs> So he gets hacked on Facebook. What happened was all my friends were getting messages from his account with a link to an article on stroke prevention. <laughs> you know, your typical clickbait. <laughs> you know how often you're looking up top 10 stroke preventions. <laughs> you wouldn't even know if it was a virus you wouldn't look that's not suspicious at all i was gonna look that up anyways so immediately when my my dad gets uh hacked my friends message me they're like you need to take care of your father like he's old yeller Like, I was gonna be like, come on, Dad, should have had a harder password. Let's go behind the barn. (laughs) So I get hold of my dad, I'm like, Dad, you've been hacked. He's like, what do I do? I was like, here's what we do. We get into all your accounts, we change all your passwords, because my friends are getting messages from your Facebook with a link to an article on stroke prevention. And he was like, no, that's me. (laughs) I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I just wanna make sure everybody's safe. Parents message like scammers. It always comes out of nowhere. You never want to click anything and the punctuation is a dead giveaway. My dad's exclamation points are always a mile away from the end of the sentence. It looks like two separate thoughts. He's like, have a good day. I'm like, what happened? Was it the hill? My uh... I think we gotta wrap up, my parents are picking me up. But, uh, <laughs> it's already good that I'm standing in the front lawn. But, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, my parents, uh, they just celebrated their anniversary not that long ago, and I was uh, with them. It was, it was great. My mom has uh, multiple sclerosis, she's fine. It just affects her balance, so she walks with a cane. And she's, uh, she's had it my whole life. She's, had, she's just fallen my entire childhood and always been fine. It's like having a, like a stun double for a parent. It's pretty, she'll just roll on the ground and go, all right, fine. To the point where I got so used to it growing up that she would throw baskets of laundry down the stairs to check my response time. I'd run up, I'm like, are you okay? And she'd be like, really, two minutes? So we, uh, we were celebrating their anniversary and we were outside a restaurant. My mom tripped and fell and got a superficial cut on her forehead. She was fine, but she was bleeding all over the place. So my dad and I tried to help her up, but she was too proud. So she yelled, get away from me. <laughs> so everybody on the street saw two men standing over a bloody woman. <laughs> while one of them was holding a cane over her head. I was like, here, dad, hold this, please. Two cops overheard this and came running over, and they were both female officers, so you know right away they're on me and my dad's side. (laughs) One cop stood next to me, and the other one stood next to my dad, and my dad got the cop I wanted, which, you know. I was like, hey, if they go to the bathroom, let's switch. Are like, really? Thank you. One clap. Uh, I'll get you one at a time, whatever I gotta do. <laughs> the cops were really aggressive. They started like, like just roasting me on how young I look. One cop was like, Does your mom even know where you are right now? I'm like, I don't know. She hit the ground pretty hard. <laughs> you know where we are? <laughs> So we explained everything to the cops, they felt really bad, and they offered to drive my parents back to their hotel in the back of their squad car. If you've never put your parents in the back of a police cruiser, I was like, smile, new Christmas card. This is amazing. to read my dad the Miranda rights. <laughs> I mean, I did it wrong. I just sang bad boys, but still. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay.
3: That is comedian Steven Rogers, and we'll post that up at bobandsher
1: This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So
2: I guess it was uh, something like two, three weeks ago. I was talking about how every night I make the coffee ahead of time, so we have it in the morning. It's all set to go. It's just one of the things I do as part of our marriage and evidently I was adding too much coffee and it was becoming very, very strong. And I was saying, Mary said to me, um, thanks for doing it, but this is undrinkable. It's just, it's just so strong. I put creamer in it and I can't drink it. So I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was, I was just talking about that. And a woman said, Bob, uh, don't feel bad about how you make the coffee. Just feel lucky that you're not a housewife in the 1960s. And she included two television ads for Folgers coffee. That ran back in the 1960s So they're in black and white I've never seen these before And it's a couple She has on this cutesy-wootsy little uh, blonde hairdo That kind of curls up on the end And he, of course, is wearing a complete suit with a tie And they're, uh, they're sitting at the breakfast table And here's what goes on
1: Harvey, want anything special for your birthday?
2: Just a decent cup of coffee
1: You're kidding. I'm
2: serious. Honey, your
4: coffee's undrinkable. That's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. And he
0: didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. Oh, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh pert. Good as fresh pert? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight.
2: Hey, great coffee.
0: It's Instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as
1: fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office.
2: <laughs> Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked.
3: Listen, I don't know about my girl's coffee. But I know Harvey's, who I need to send a thank you note to for my last snapped marathon, because he's the man that inspired it.
2: <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? And that was in the nineteen sixties.
3: But you know what? I can, like, in, in 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 a completely serious way, I can see why some of y'all want the old days to come back. Because mm-hmm. if I could swing it around this house, stomping my foot and acting like that, I probably would too. You know, and, Kevin, you know, Kevin, that, that sassy little intern at the office does a better job <laughs> with this. Like, I can exactly. see why some of y'all want the old days back.
2: It's it, Evidently, it was like a running theme. Women who couldn't make coffee and were just so upset about it. And in the next one that we're going to play, she goes next door after she's insulted by his, uh, uh, description of her coffee. And there's this German, uh, woman with an accent who, uh, named Mrs. Olson, who's going oh, to, she uh, was,
3: she was their spokesperson. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's going to help her out. Here we go. Now here's the captain getting aboard our yacht this day.
1: Oh, this must have been such a nice vacation. Did you ever see Larry looking so happy? Oh,
2: honey, happiness is a vacation.
1: <laughs>
2: Away from your coffee.
1: Larry. Oh, Mrs. Olson, he's he's always ranting about my coffee. But I guess it really isn't any good. Oh, now, now, good coffee's no problem. All you need is a coffee with better flavors. Folgers. Folgers coffee? Yeah. Folgers is different. It's mountain-grown coffee. Is mountain-grown better? The richest kind, and Folgers blends it special. Make some now. Okay. Hope it quiets the (laughs) shutterbug. Honey,
2: this Folgers coffee is great.
1: Mm -hmm. Want another cup? You
2: bet. Happiness is another cup of your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Try Folgers, the mountain-grown coffee. Mountain-grown for better flavor. What a bunch of lies. Just what a bunch of lies. What is it about advertising? If you give somebody an accent, suddenly they know more a, than Americans do. What's a German woman know about coffee? They, they don't grow yeah. it in Germany. No, they don't. And the mountain thing, okay, m- much coffee is grown in the mountains. It's not a particular thing for Folgers. But what did you see how he insulted her in front of other people? They're showing slides of their vacation. Well, a vacation is a vacation away from your coffee. <laughs> Who would talk like that? So, it, I, I know what you're thinking. There's not parody between men and women in the workplace yet, 100%, by any stretch of the imagination. However, things have come a long way. Can you imagine I, an ad actually, like that running on TV today?
3: Actually, that's not what I was thinking. I was hearing my man, Josh Mankiewicz, in my head going, guess he's sorry he complained about the coffee now that he's in the crawl space. (laughs)
2: Oh. (laughs) Well... A rather dark way to take now, a look at Harvey? American history at the ending. How's the
3: coffee now? Is it hot enough for you now, Barbie? I got your mountain grog right here.
2: I think we're going to wrap up this particular look at Americana.
3: before we
2: uh, regret ourselves. Uh, it's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. Down the hole.
3: I think y'all are going to like this. You know how... um. TV news reporters and anchors—they have a very specific way of speaking, right? They have like a cadence and a tone that they use, and they must mm-hmm. learn that in school. I've never been able to master that. Um, well, if you ever, unless
2: you're in a small town where the uh, average age of a TV anchor, I think, is now fourteen.
3: Oh, th- it does look that way, but you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to find people to work for free. So you have to get, you have to get high school exactly. sophomores that still live at home yeah. and they're on mom and dad's insurance. Right. Um, if you ever, if you're ever driving late at night and you're punching around and you land on like the BBC, their news readers have their own completely separate style, right? So this mm-hmm. is, um, I I came across this, YouTube served this up to me and I was on the floor laughing. This is an Irish TV news reporter giving a eulogy.
5: And now for the eulogy, we will have Dominic's grandson, Tiernan Callaghan. Tiernan. Hello and welcome to the eulogy. It's five minutes to six. I'm Tiernan Callahan. The body of a man has been discovered in his family home, believed to be that of Dominic Callahan, 97, formerly of Rosmuck, County Galway. Mr. Callaghan was believed to have passed away in the early hours of Tuesday morning, A post-mortem revealed fluid on the lung, complications arising from pneumonia. The funeral service will take place in St. Kevin's Church. Now. The former dairy farmer often cut a controversial figure. Whether it was his bulldozing of a neighbour's partition wall in a land dispute, or his consistent opposition to women's voting rights... To some, he was a sexist, but to this newsreader, he was just grandad. I'm sorry I'm finding this a bit difficult. If you could just give me a moment. And we're back. A red sea poll revealed that 88% of the community were not sorry for his loss. 11% were indifferent, with a 1% margin for error. Our funeral correspondent, Dave Montgomery, has more. Tears are flowing here at the Church of St. Kevin. Turnout less than expected, with church capacity only at 5%. Notably, the lack of women is no surprise at all. No sign either of his brother, Patrick, with whom he had a long-standing feud. More as we get it. Back to you on the altar. This just in, there are reports of complimentary refreshments and sandwiches at O'Flaherty's pub following the service. Allegations which the family strenuously deny. From all of us here on the altar... (laughs) Good night. <laughs> that
2: was so uh, dark. and so
5: uh, we, we will now hear uh, from Dominic's eldest son, Frank, the boxing uh, announcer. In the coffin, weighing in at 142 pounds, 12 ounces, the deceased, Dominic, the sexist cow!
2: Subscribe, subscribe. Yes, and there you on, you go because... We'll post that up on oh, Bob God. and Sherry. You know, it, it's so dark, but I got to say, it's so true. It's if so true. If you watch the news,
1: it's so true. That's
3: right. We've got small plates coming up and the shocking darkness of dark chocolate. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page.
2: The other day I was in a shop that sells cooking items and I bought an inexpensive wok because my wok got gone. I don't know why. I don't want to start wok stir fry cooking again. And so the person who sold it to me, a very nice lady, said, can we get your email address? And I said, I'd rather not give it. I hate the reaction when when they uh, look at me that way. I really do. But I got to tell you, I'm right. Brian Chen writes for the New York Times, and he writes about consumer technology. Here's what he wrote. When you browse the web, increasing number of sites and apps are asking for a piece of basic information, your email address. It may seem harmless, but when you enter your email address, you're sharing a lot more than just that. You are, first of all, uh, giving to companies what they want, your email address. Advertisers then pick it up, web publishers and app makers, because it's being sold. Your email is important not just for contacting you, it acts as a digital breadcrumb for companies to link your activity across sites and apps and serve you up ads that you just don't want. They may be relevant, but maybe you don't want them. So I'm just I'm just saying... If you're in a store and you just spent 40 bucks for a pair of jeans or a shirt or whatever, and they say, can we have your email address? Just say no and don't don't be intimidated by it. I know these folks are told that by corporate, but this is what happens. You're going to start getting all sorts of junk mail that you don't want in your inbox.
3: You can create an email address just for that, like a free Gmail address, or rather right. than making a scene, you can just make something up. When they go, what's your email address? Just say something like, I don't know, Lemon Beagle 494 at Hotmail. <laughs> like
2: just, I guess so. I just I just want them to stop and, and don't have the pissy look on your face when I say I, I don't want to give it.
3: It's not their idea to ask for it. Their jobs depend on it. They're going to get in trouble if they don't harvest it. So you just... I have a whole email address for this.
2: I'm going to get one. I'm going to do what and you I said. Just, Mary does the same thing, I guess. I am I just I'm, select
3: I'm all it. and send everything. To, it's all crap. It's all trash that yeah. comes in. Yeah. Although, to be fair, um, a strange man offered me $2,500 in Bitcoin um, if I would just click this link in my junk email address. So my prince is still out there. <laughs> yeah, right? he's
2: out there, all right.
3: <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry.
4: Perhaps you or someone you know has suffered job loss or economic challenges. Bob and Sherry would like to help
2: by filling the fridge of families with a $100 Visa gift card and a $112 gift card from our friends at HelloFresh. To nominate a family or yourself, simply go to the Bob and Sherry website and hit the contest tab, and we will anonymously read the winning entries on the air. And thank you for helping to fill the fridge with the Bob and Sherry Show. Bob Small Plates is brought to you by the 2023 Nissan Aria and Leaf.
0: Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free
1: Bob and Sherry app.
2: It's time now for Small Plates on the Bob and Sherry Show. Little stories that are of interest to, I think, everybody, but you may have missed them from around the world and the USA. You know, the first time somebody said to me, you know, one of the problems with uh, global warming is we have all those cows. We love our cheeseburgers, so shut up about global warming. I said, what are you talking about? And then I realized that in some ways they were right. The methane that cattle produce on huge industrial farms causes a sizable contribution to greenhouse gas emissions. And guess who is stepping up to try to get rid of this? Bill Gates. He has just opened ward. He has awarded 10 million bucks to a firm working on a dietary supplement to stop cattle from putting out gas. So, it's going to take a while. But by changing something in their diet, it's going to not get rid of it completely, but it will minimize it. And good for Bill Gates for spending some of his money while he still is alive on making things a little bit better. Yes, exactly. Uh, What are the greatest things that America produces if you're looking through the eyes of another country? That country is Great Britain. They said, name the 20 best things that you think America has produced and here we go. Number 20, Stephen King. Number 19, Facebook. And then it's Nike for some reason the TV show Friends. Number 16, Star Wars. Number 15, Martin Luther King Jr. Number 14, Steven Spielberg. Then it's Ben and Jerry's. Number 12 is Tom Hanks. Number 11, Levi's. Here are the top 10 things, the best things to come out of America. Number 10 is NASA. Number 9 is Elvis Presley. Number 8, Hollywood Movies. Number 7, Barack Obama. Number 6, KFC. Number 5, The Apple Company. Number 4, McDonald's. That's amazing that McDonald's is in the top 5. Nothing against Mickey D's. I'm just surprised. Number 3, Coca-Cola. Number two is Disney. What's the number one best thing? And this is a contemporary business that uh, comes out of America. You're close. Be specific on the producer. Netflix. Netflix. Oh, wow. Netflix is number one right now. Um, 75% of teenagers have cringe moments on social media thanks to their mothers and fathers and grandparents. A third of teenagers have been embarrassed by parents posting childhood snapshots, and more than a quarter have palmed themselves after gushing comments. I just, I just have to say, this is why young people are getting away from Facebook. They just can't stand to see grandma saying, this this is little Billy. When I used to bounce him on my knee, they hated my
3: My girls... They will now tell me, they'll be like, I'm going to send you a picture. You're not allowed to post it. As long as they don't say you're not allowed to post it, then I'm allowed to post it.
2: Do you That's know our that family my, rule. Do you know that my daughter Allie does the same thing? She said, I, I, I want to send you this picture of what Tim and I were doing over the, I don't want you to post it though. And I'm looking at it and I'm trying to figure out, they're both attractive people. Why don't I want, you know, the, I know they, they why. want control over that. Why? Tell and me why. And
3: because because of what they do for a living, privacy is really important to them and to the people yeah. they work with.
4: Well, and that's so true, yeah. It yeah. is so
3: important that they She's a
2: therapist. keep yeah. their
3: personal life completely away from what they do for their jobs. I think you're right. That's why I think, I think, I think right. they're so private.
2: And finally, in small plates, more than half of parents say they feel hopeless when they're trying to help their kids with homework. What math makes... What makes math seem harder for parents now? Parents are saying the number one thing is my child is learning math differently than I did. That's what I would go to. And it's BS. It's completely I didn't learn BS. it at all. So I, it's very yeah, I, different. Oh, I would never say that. I would never say that. I would say, oh, they're teaching it differently. I'm sorry, Landon, I can't help you with this. That's it. That small place for right now. This is Bob and Sherry.
1: Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app.
3: In my time on this planet, I've seen stranger crimes and sicker and weirder, but I don't know that I've ever come upon anything as cold and bewildering as the murder of those four college students in Moscow, Idaho, Brian Koberger, who's accused of killing the four students, um, he's a Ph.D. He was a Ph.D. candidate in criminology at Washington State University. Um, Last April, he met with police chief Gary Jenkins of Pullman, Idaho, about a job. And I'll remind you that it is the police department in Pullman, Idaho, that helped arrest him and charge him with the murders of these four college students so this is the cold this is the sociopath next door you guys this is the cold calculated remorseless twisted arrogance of this perpetrator that first he tried to land a three year research gig with the police department Um, and then of course this is the very same police department that helped get him arrested and charged with Mm -hmm. murder His fixation on getting inside the criminal process, clearly so that he could try it out for himself, is one of the coldest things I think I've seen. This may, it's not that any one thing, when a, a life is taken, no one thing is better or worse than the other. But this isn't the BTK killer, you know.
2: Sherry. We've lost you. If You, can you know
3: why? No, no. Because Larry Munson just walked across my keyboard and muted okay, me.
4: Okay. This isn't the BTK killer is where you can pick okay, up. Okay. Thank
3: you. Okay. this This isn't the BTK killer, which was inexplicably cruel and horrifying. Or Jeffrey Dahmer wanting to eat his victims. We can keep distance from people like Jeffrey Dahmer because we can say, oh, my God, that's just a sick human being. That's not how people are. Nobody in their right mind would act like that. The problem we have with Brian Coburger is, he's like a lot of people that we pass every single day in the hallways at work or at the grocery store. He does not look insane. He does not act insane. He's not trying to eat people or turn them into you know stuffed uh, taxidermy projects in his basement. He is cold, remorseless, calculating, and utterly, utterly selfish. The idea that he tried to get hired by that police department. And then we have now all of the, thanks to all the security cameras everywhere, we have the route that he took over and over again between his cell phone data and the closed circuit TV footage over and over again, watching him circle that house on that street where those students lived. This to me is scarier than a guy like Jeffrey Dahmer or the Manson family?
2: Well, he seemingly has ice water in his veins that he knows in the back of his mind what his plan is. And he is saying, all right, to pull this off, to kill these people, I really need to have uh, some access and some knowledge. So I think I'll go to the police department and try to get hired. That is really calculated and its uh utmost form
3: and i want to i want to um that's what i mean like like the yeah. guys that the guys Calculated that want to cook killer. you and eat you guys that mm-hmm. want to cook you and eat you they're kind of far and few between you know guys like this are all around us they really are let's
2: not let's so, not hold the uh the cookers right up for uh applause i i guess that would not be right but uh, i see what you mean that there, no, there is just, a difference here
3: like you don't have to be in a cold sweat about being cooked and eaten every waking minute of your life. But um, right. guys like Brian Koberger, you should be in a cold sweat about. So here's the other thing that I want to point out in this version of true crime time. Um, according to the police reports and the cell phone data that we have, um, Koberger put his phone, turned his phone off or put it in airplane mode um, to conceal his location while he was committing the quadruple homicide at the house on King Road. But then, a little while later, after he left the crime scene, he turned his phone back on. And this is how addicted we all are to our phones. Because if he was half the criminal mastermind he fancied himself, he would have left his phone home in Washington Mm -hmm. State, Mm -hmm. committed the crimes, and then come back. But he just... He just that, you know, that itchy thumb you have when you haven't checked your phone in a while, you know, that sort of like twitchy anxiety you feel when you haven't pulled your phone out and looked at it in a minute, mm-hmm. he this still guy, had this guy committed a quadruple homicide, mm-hmm. but the desire to turn his phone back on and look at it was stronger mm-hmm. than the desire for self-preservation. What does that tell you about how addicted we
2: are to our phones? Yeah, that's very true. Um, You know, I am not a criminal mastermind. Well, I'm not any kind of a mastermind at all. Um, But even I would know if I was going to do something nefarious and not necessarily, let's say I was going to rob a a store. um, I would turn off my phone and I would leave it at home because I'm not as technically uh, sophisticated as obviously you are or other people. But even I know that. How could the guy, and Dude. he's a young guy, how could he not know that?
3: Dude, I'll, I'll put my phone in airplane mode when I go to Off-Broadway Shoe Warehouse because I do not care to discuss with Kevin what I'm doing there <laughs> in case he looks. <laughs> right. You can be sure. And the only thing I'm killing there is my credit. Only, right. You can be sure that if I was committing a crime, I'd leave uh, my phone behind. All right, uh, straight ahead. Dark chocolate. Oh, it's supposed to be so good for you, Right. The Shocking Dark Secret of Dark Chocolate. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry.
2: Can You Believe This? is brought to you by State Farm. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I not believe this. Shit. I believe this. Shit.
3: Listen, tomorrow is love month. And the month of February is associated with two things. One of them is roses. And the other is chocolate. And in that spirit, Consumer Reports has called out Hershey's Chocolate, Model S International Chocolate, which owns Cadbury, Theo's Chocolate, and Trader Joe's. And here's what Consumer Reports is saying. Do you think y'all four companies could commit to bringing down your levels of toxic heavy metals in your candy by Valentine's Day when Ooh. 58 million pounds is going to be consumed? That's how much chocolate gets eaten around the world on Valentine's, by the way. 58 million pounds. Consumer Reports tested 28 dark chocolate candy bars. And 23 of them have potentially harmful levels of lead or cadmium or both. And this is for people that eat more than an ounce of chocolate a day. But I'll Mm -hmm. remind you that we've been told for years now to go ahead and have a couple of ounces of dark chocolate every single day. For Mm -hmm. all kinds of reasons, it's got, it's loaded with antioxidants and it, um, satisfies your sweet tooth and I don't know, it makes you smarter and sexier and stronger or whatever. Here it turns out the 23 of the 28 tested brands are loaded with toxic metal, which has been linked when you get too much of it, nausea, abdominal pain, um, shortness of breath, vomiting, it can damage your kidneys. It's really bad stuff. So, I'm with Consumer Reports here. Let's go ahead and work real hard on getting toxic heavy metals out of the candy. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. What brands are they uh, focusing on? Or is, are they just calling out those brands just because people know the brands, but it's all it's all dark chocolate?
3: Um, well, Lint, Beyond Good, um... Sharfenberger, Sch- Alter Eco, uh, Pasha, and Dove dark chocolates are all some that are really high in cadmium. What's high in lead? Okay, let's see. Tony's, Godiva, Lint, um, Hugh, Hershey's, T- uh, TJ Maxx, um, Trader Joe's, really high in lead. What's high in both? And And the candy bars that I'm looking at, we're going to post this up on Facebook except for Hershey's, these are all those really fancy, expensive candy bars that you get as a gift or as a treat. This is not the candy that your kids are eating. This is not cheap candy. This is the fancy stuff. The lower levels, if you're like, oh my God, I've got to have my dark chocolate Ghirardelli, both 72% and 86% um, dark chocolate Ghirardelli are low in these toxic metals. We'll post all of these on Facebook. This is this is why people just say, screw it. I'm just going to eat me this little Debbie zebra cake. I'm going to wash it down with a PBR. I'm going to glue my own <laughs> ass cheeks to this couch, and I ain't never exercising. Because here, you try to do what's right, and then what are you told?
4: Drink coffee
3: or die. Coffee's going to kill you. Drink red wine or die. Red wine's going to kill you. Eat dark chocolate. Oopsies. Toxic heavy metals and lead are in it. This is why people are so tired and cynical and just don't want to be hassled anymore.
2: You know, you talk about being cynical. Uh, Lint, Lint, how is the name pronounced? L-I-N-D-T, D-T. right? D-T, Lint. Lint. Um, that's the one with the television commercial that has the chef who, he has a big white chef yeah, hat yeah, yeah. on. And he's making an individual small little chocolate concoction, pouring it from a ladle. That's not how they make them. You know, that's it's so a mass produce it's a good product, except for this. But you know, you you get the feeling embedded in your mind that, oh, that's perfection. I'm paying a little bit more, but that's perfection. And then and then you hear this.
3: Now I want to say that in defense of the manufacturers, they're not just sitting around like Sir Topham Hat. Going, yeah, let us increase profits by poisoning the customer. It turns out that cadmium occurs naturally in the soil and it gets absorbed by the cocoa plants when they're being harvested. Lead can get into the manufacturing part of dark chocolate through industrial dust, which gets into the supply of cocoa plants if they're left to dry outside. So it's not it's not all happening on the factory floor. You know, some of it's happening before the cocoa beans ever come inside to get processed. Well, the but- the
2: question, though, is the question is, uh, when do the manufacturers know that this was a part of their product and how long have they kept it quiet? Like Exxon knew that somebody uh, with Exxon uh, leaked that Exxon knew 20 years in advance that petroleum products were uh, damaging the ozone and they just kept it themselves. I can't answer that question. I can't
3: answer that question, but I can tell you, again, this just blew my mind. In the week leading up to Valentine's Day, which is, you know, that's a week from now is the week kicking off Valentine's Day. They're going to sell more than 58 million pounds of chocolate that week. And people have a right to know what they're eating Mm-hmm. so that they can make a good choice and just have Pringles, you know, like a reasonable human would <laughs> when they find out that they're getting lead poisoning
1: from their candy.
3: We'll post yeah, this yeah. up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook.
1: It is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at com
2: just read predictions in style, things that are part of our lives for 2023. I'm very quickly going to go through some of them. Comfort in the soft is the first. And I'm looking at a model who is wearing a dress that looks like something you'd step out of the bath and onto. It actually looks like a, a fuzzy bath mat. And people are going to be wanting dreamy, delicately-hued cream puff dresses, among other things. Squishy knit sneaker boots and bulbous padded bags. So there you go, ladies. Uh, Some other things. Pet rats are going to become a big thing this year. The end of shoelaces. They've had a big run, but the many slip-ons of 2022 suggest that 2023 may be the year we retire shoelaces. Personally, I like shoelaces, butter Crocs. People will be taking their butter, putting it in attractive Crocs, and leaving it out. Now, you've been warned by government uh, people who look at this thing that if it's over 40 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm talking about butter, it could be a problem. Just a heads up. Crafty skills people will be taking advantage of. I'm going to stop you
3: right here because when you said butter Crocs, my first thought was the shoes. Oh, and I was like, did you really? Why are we putting no, no, butter no, no, no. in our Crocs? Okay, but I'm, no, no, right, no. we're with you now. We're yeah, you.
2: you know what I mean then. You know what I mean then. Uh, people are going to uh, get better skincare and hair care items. Justice for hoodies and shorts for guys. As is going to be talking to strangers. I guess because we've been without strangers for so long. Uh, crusade against caffeine. And that's it. I'm going to ignore the crusade against caffeine. As a matter of fact, good or bad, I'm not going to read anything about caffeine. I'm so tired of reading about whether it's good or terrible for me. But there you are. Some from the New York Times predictions for what's going to be happening in our lives in 2023. It's Bob and Sherry.
0: Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin. The only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no questions asked return on your purchase. Head to Origin. Origin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code radio ten for ten percent off your purchase. That's clean O-R-I-G-I-N code radio ten.
2: Do you know somebody who is struggling right now, whether it's losing a job or just too many bills or too many taxes to pay or whatever it may be? We're uh, teaming up with HelloFresh, and they are offering through the Bob and Sherry show a $112 gift card. Listen to this a $100 Visa gift card on top of that. So if you know somebody that's on sort of hard times right now, go to BobandSherry.com. That's BobandSherry.com. Tell us about them. We'll keep it very private and good luck.
3: I've got some good news about video games, but it has nothing to do with kids. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, 85% of people over 65 are now playing video games at least once a week. Most of them said they picked it up during the COVID pandemic, during the lockdowns, and they just never gave it up. Yeah, a lot of them are using PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. A lot of people are playing games on their phones or, like, tablets. Not not really think, because you don't, when I say video game, your first thought is Xbox or PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. you have a lot of um, senior citizens who are playing video games on other devices and they never really thought of themselves as gamers. So almost half of them said they they got started gaming because they wanted to be able to bond with younger family members. And oh, is that they right? thought it would be yeah, they thought it would be fun to play with or against their children mm-hmm. or their grandchildren and during covid like that you know was what people had to do. And, it, yeah. and not only did COVID make it hard to leave the house and see people face to face, but depending on where you live, even with with the COVID lockdowns gone, you know, it can be kind of hard to get out of your house in bad weather. Maybe you don't drive anymore. So 85 percent of people 65 and older have taken up gaming. And the benefits of this are huge, um, especially if you're playing some of the brain training games. Mm -hmm. which are, they're still games, but they are helping with, you know, memory and recall and all of that. Um, People, senior citizens gaming have improved moods. They're less anxious. They're calmer. um, Their brains are more engaged. It fights off dementia. Like there are so many benefits to this.
2: That's great. I saw a, a woman and she looked like she was in her late 70s. And she was waiting to get uh, an injection, like uh, at a supermarket. You know, if they have a pharmacy, they'll give you a a COVID shot or whatever. And she was sitting at a bench uh, waiting her turn. And I uh, walked by going some other part of the store and looked down. And that's what she was doing. She was playing a video game on the phone. I smiled at her and she said, mind your own business.
3: (laughs) I saw something Uh, really cool. I
4: saw
3: something really cool at CES. So... There's a there are a ton of the um, innovations that are coming or around healthcare because it's a huge industry and you got you know this exploding population of right. older people and the baby boom and then you know Gen X and then the elderly millennials right behind them and so this company they work with assisted living homes I think mm-hmm. they're using they're piloting this in a couple of places in Canada right. so they have this um, they have this platform. And it looks like a cross between a social media site like Facebook and a news feed and a gaming website. So it's got Mm -hmm. all of these things all together. Plus it has a calendar and chat options and the people, so the seniors who are living in this um, structured home setting, they're all, they all have these gaming consoles. They have laptops with this platform on it. And Mm -hmm. they can chat with family members. So everything is like super simplified and all in one place. So you never have to leave this program to send a text to like your grandchild or um, communicate with your doctor's office or whatever it is you need to be doing. You can shop online, everything. It's all right there. And the the software and all of these games that are kind of baked into it, word games and Sudoku and, and all sorts of cool stuff, matching games. Um, The software is tracking your use of all of these things. And it's paying attention to everything from, you know, your reaction time on the game to the kind of words you're putting into messages. And it's measuring people's relative decline or improvement. And I know that everything I just said sounded like so invasive in 1984. It did. But what... What they're finding is, is because they can see when people begin showing even early like slowdowns in attention or memory, they can intervene earlier, which means everybody has a better outcome. The time to catch you slipping is not when you're already down. It's in the Mm -hmm. beginning when you start losing traction. And it was fascinating because, and not everybody has access to this, by the way, your doctor has access to this. Your doctor can type in a few phrases and here comes your chart on this platform and your doctor can be like, hmm, you know, he's not, he's not sleeping. We're seeing a lot more activity in the middle of the night and Mm -hmm. his reaction times are slowing. Let's get him in here and take a look. So it's, it sounds super invasive, but, and I guess it is, but it's all so incredibly powerful because all of it's designed to keep you from getting sick, from getting hurt, from ending up in a hospital. It's all designed to keep you doing okay on your own as a senior in an assisted living place. It was really I'm, neat. I'm, you
2: guys. I'm okay with all of that. As long as they see that there's some decline, but I still get pudding. Okay. I don't want them to say, well,
3: you get pudding. And none of as this, get, by the as way, I get pudding. None of this is happening behind your back you know you're you are you have moved into this assisted living place and you know that this platform is tracking you Mm -hmm. and so nobody's getting like anything sneaky or underhanded Mm -hmm. but the ability to see that something's wrong before it gets really wrong that was pretty cool
2: i I think that's very good we're going to flip now from your grandparents to young people who do not want to have children And what they're saying to the world about their choices. And they're pretty strong. It's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry.
1: Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: It might be because of the job that I do, but I'm getting on my feeds an awful lot of comments from people who are choosing not to have children. And at the offset of this, let me just say that it's your choice. I mean, whatever you want to do, I've always felt this way. Uh, I've had friends that chose not to get married. I've had friends that chose not to have children. And I have friends that have six kids. So everybody's different. But I've noticed that people who are choosing not to have children have been speaking up uh, and more loudly of recent. So I've got a collection of them here right now. And. They're interesting, if not amusing. The first one is from someone named Amber. Most of them, by the way, are from women. Uh, Amber Sparks. Unpopular opinion. I don't think your life has to have a purpose or you a grand ambition. I think it's okay just to wander through life, finding interesting things until you die. That is an interesting woman. I can tell you that much. That last line, I think it's okay to just wander through life, finding interesting things until you die. That's a fascinating woman to me.
3: You know, I think that it would be hard for a lot of people to embrace that because for a couple of reasons. One, children are kind of like the only form of immortality. Mm -hmm. And two, the social pressure to settle down and have a family is so strong.
2: It is. It is. Next uh, comment. Because when you've been socialized your entire life to have children, it feels like a triumph to have escaped all the conditioning and made your own choice for your own life. The next person says, why are these child-free people unbearably smug? Uh, Some are and and some aren't yet. I remember when my kids were like 10 and 11, would there be uh, nine and 11 and three. And I had a, uh, there's a couple who were friends of the ex-wife and I, and they would come over and they would sit and watch the craziness in the house. The kids screaming, running up and down the stairs. And I would look over at them and they had a very, very um, interesting smiles on their faces. And you could tell as soon as they walked out of the door, they were going to go, how do they stand it? How do they put up with the noise and the constant crying and all of that? But you know, if you have them, you get used to it, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, of course you, you do. do.
2: You don't even hear it as much. This person is called middle Age riot. And she said, If men could get pregnant, the morning after pill would be available in ranch, barbecue, and extreme nacho. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: This is from Hippo. If you don't have children, life has no meaning. If you do have children, life still has no meaning, but now you're also poor and irritated.
3: Actually, someone who is thinking they're not going to have children almost uses the same exact words with me recently. Is that right? Like, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What is the point? And everyone we know that has kids is tired and sad and broke.
2: <laughs> it's like there's there's just something I mean, we in some don't of make us that we're good. driven though. We're driven. We, and I'm not talking about, you know, a sexual drive to procreate. There's just something about, well, uh, it's about that time I should I should be having kids.
3: We need to. Those of us with kids, we need to make. We need to do a better job of making it look good, though, because we really lead with all of the the negatives. Oh my God, the baby was up all night throwing up. Oh, the kids have lice. Oh, braces again. Another ten thousand dollars. Oh, we can't go on vacation. Oh, haven't been out That's of the true. house in five yeah. years. We yeah. need to work harder at making it look better.
2: Right. Uh, this is Dove. And Dub said, there is literally no rule that says you have to get married and start a family. Normalize splitting a mansion with your five best friends and 10 dogs. I have never known anyone to do that. I've heard is- women say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get uh, a, a, actually divorced women. I'm, g- I'm going to get uh, Emily and uh, Andrea and we're going to buy a house and we're going to sit over there with our cats. And, and that's the end of that.
4: This but but I don't por- know if sort of, any
2: I don't know of anybody who's done that.
3: This is the sort of thing that my girls are always telling me that that they're going to do whether or not they ever actually do it. I don't know. But yeah, it's the sort of thing you say you're going to do and then you meet somebody and suddenly you want to be with this person 100% of the time.
2: Yeah, it changes. Yeah, it changes. So, uh, there it is. The uh, folks who do not want children speak out. And they're speaking out louder than ever these days. It's Bob and Sherry.
3: The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Your professional parts people.
2: Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault.
3: I'm married to a very competitive man. And he'll get competitive with me. And it's kind of crazy because places he gets competitive with me it's not even a fair fight like we'll go out and hit tennis balls or shoot basketball or shoot pool and he'll be telling me on the way to the pool table or the park or wherever yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna win i'm gonna whoop you i'm gonna clean up the court with you and i'm like well of course you are i don't know how to do any of these things (laughs) like i'm just i have no idea how to shoot a basketball (laughs) i'm terrible at pool i can hit a tennis ball but I don't have any, like, special tricks, right? I don't think you're like this with Mary. I don't think you're super competitive with Mary. I'm not. You see this in some couples, right? There's,
2: there's, there's um, subtle competitions. Like, um, she still doesn't buy into the fact that I could cook anything that didn't really suck, you know? So she'll come into the kitchen and just kind of watch and make a few suggestions, which I am not interested in hearing.
3: Well, I, the reason I even thought of this is a guy tweeted a screenshot of a text from his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Apparently, he's very, very competitive. I'm going to read you what his girlfriend... He has her saved in his phone as Princess, so I don't know what her real name is. Here is the text message from Princess. You can never let me win at anything. Honestly, what kind of boyfriend are you? You literally sit there laughing and enjoying my pain while I wallow and suffer my own failure. (laughs) Not one thing. The only time I win is when I grind my teeth and sweat blood to win on my own. You literally sit there and let me lose. Do you even care about me, honestly? Why are you in a relationship with someone? You beat at everything. Everything is a literal competition to you. It makes me sick. I'm sick of you. You can't let me win (laughs) once. You act all nice and buddy-buddy with me, but you're really just an opportunity waiting to get me to feel bad about myself. Not anymore. This is a war zone. I love oh. you. I love you, but you're so mean and you never let me win at anything. So, this is the end. From now on, I'm never playing a game with you. You make me so sad every time you purposely win to make me sad. Okay, you're good at eight ball and quiz up. But honestly, where's your mind at? Are you going to Harvard? No. <laughs> That's the whole text message.
2: That's hysterical. But, you know, I have to ask her would you really want him? I don't know what the, they were competing in. Would you really want him to let you win? Most women, I think, would say no.
3: I don't want to be allowed to win, but okay. So I don't know how to, to play many sports games. I don't know how to shoot pool. Like I don't know the rules. I, I do understand eight ball. That um, one person has stripy balls and one person has solid don't, balls. Don't
2: call them and
3: you're balls. not supposed to hit the eight ball till the end, and you're not supposed to put the cue ball in the pocket. You're not supposed to scratch the cue ball. Right. I feel like that's the basic rule of eight ball. And it's a fun game. And I feel like we should be able to play eight ball together. I'm informed by my husband, Fats Domino, that eight ball. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Woman, eight ball is a family game. It's not a serious game. Well, I, I have no skills. So can we play a family game? No, he wants to play something called nine ball. And I don't.
2: I've never heard of that.
3: I don't really understand the rules of nine ball. And uh-huh. here's why the game never lasts long enough for me to get the rules. He
2: runs the table.
3: One, um, he'll let me break, Yeah, which is, you know, I uh, don't even know why I want to break because I'm just going to barely move the balls. Right. So he'll let me break, and then he comes in, and he wins the game in like one and a half turns. I think if I if I understand it right, nine ball is you have to shoot the balls in order of their numbers. Oh, okay. Like one, yeah. two, three, four. Right,
2: okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But... I only know how to play stripy balls and solid balls. Like I don't, I'm no good at these other games and he beats me so fast. I don't really have time to get any skill going. So I don't want him to let me win, Bob. Here's what I want. I want you to not play like your life depends on it. I want you to not treat this game of whatever you're calling it. Like you have your mortgage riding on it in a bar full of hell's angels.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Just shoot the pool ball. Mm-hmm. And spend some time with your woman Without having to defeat me in one turn Is get that unreasonable Get
2: rid of unwanted glee Right
3: Yes. And why are you so cutthroat Like why you gotta be so cutthroat yeah. We're just shooting pool Why you gotta be so cutthroat Why
2: do you think he's like that
3: He's so competitive He's so competitive So basketball goal in the driveway Like everybody in America has right I would like to learn how to I can like play horse Mm-hmm. Anything basic I can do mm-hmm. Horse is Woman horse is a family game <laughs> We're going to play something or the other That involves him racing around me like And snatching the ball Like one of the Harlem Globetrotters And dunking it I don't even know what's happened And I've lost
2: You know what you should do You wait until he wants to get romantic On Saturday night You say Hoss Romance is a family game <laughs> Olivia?
3: Caramia! I <laughs> should do that. You're right.
2: <laughs> you know, if you really... You don't have the time. But if you really, really wanted to be sinister, on the side you take pool lessons.
3: Oh, and then spank them?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: One time I said to him, we were at like this arcade place. I'm like, hey, do you want to play ping pong? Woman, ping pong is a family game. I play table tennis. And then he proceeds to whoop on me like... Like right. it's the freaking, you know, the summer Olympics where you see those people playing really, really fast.
2: You, you know what it comes down to? He just wants you to realize that he's very skilled at sports or games, that he's really good at it. And make you say to yourself, you know what? Oh, this, so- guy, this guy's this guy got a lot of stuff going on.
3: Love it. Love it. But then we'll, I'll say, well, let's play Scrabble. And then he wants to beat me at Scrabble, to which I say, well, good luck with that, Willie Nelson. That's just not going to (laughs) happen. So then we have these bloody Scrabble matches. He's so competitive. Yeah,
2: but you know, you've got a really good chance to win at Scrabble. I do. Right? I do. So that's the one you should go to.
3: But when I win at Scrabble, then he informs me, woman, this is a game of luck. It's just whatever letters you get.
2: Oh, Oh, that's baloney. No, it's not. No, it's not. Ultimately, it is not.
1: The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. There are
3: nationwide shortages of Ozempic and Wegovy, the other diabetes drug that people are using for weight loss. So Americans have jumped on a new trend, which is so insane and so dangerous and so nuts that I can hardly believe it's really happening. People in the U.S., are buying experimental chemicals in bulk online and mixing up their own Ozempic weight loss drugs.
2: I oh no. Win. Oh Lord. Now very bad. I
3: just I just have to point out if you couldn't pass high school chemistry, <laughs> should you be making and I couldn't. I'm not I am not I'm terrible as much as I love science, I'm terrible with math and science. If you did not feel really good about your chemistry skills as a student, the hell are you doing buying chemicals online, mixing your own weight loss drugs and injecting it? There are 10 different websites where they were selling this semaglutide drug. In powder form, you have to mix it with something called bacteriostatic water and then inject it into your abdomen. Nobody likes pizza more than this girl, but even I don't like pizza enough to mix my own diabetic weight loss drug and then inject it into myself.
2: What? It just shows you that weight loss, whether it's through programs, diets, the uh, popularity of these products, and the craziness of trying to uh, compound them yourself is probably one of the biggest driving forces on the planet. And it has Do- been for many years, and it is more than any other and it's too bad.
3: Doctors are saying, like once they get their once they get their jaws back up off the floor, doctors mm-hmm. are saying the risk of contamination in mixing your own medications at home. Then the issues with sterilization, like what are you doing? You'll be thin because a skeleton weighs less than a body with flesh on it but you'll be dead please don't do this it's bob and sherry hey thank you so much for listening to the bob and sherry podcast and the bob and sherry oddcast we would love if you would subscribe rate and review and share it with a friend on facebook twitter instagram wherever you go and thank you again for listening